0: You're listening to a live audio recording from Women's Bible Fellowship at LEFC. This is week one of Study the Word 101 on the book of Ephesians. Today we begin with an introduction to the study process. Welcome to um, Study the Word 101, the Ephesians class. So a couple of announcements here for the large group. So... um, if you need to pay or you didn't give a payment yet, you can do that um, to either Casey or I. We can take that for you and get you marked off. If you don't have that this week, feel free to bring it back next week. Um, it's no problem. Um, this class will be recorded uh, via the Zoom recorder. And you can find those recorder- recordings on the LEFC website. You can also find them on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So we actually have an LEFC WBF. Podcast that you can look up and find. So this class will be on there. And then if you ever want to listen to any of our past classes, they are all on there as well. Um, a little plug for that. If you have a past class you didn't get to do but would like to do, we have workbooks. You could do those in between semesters or if you want to double up, feel free. Um, but those are available to you if you would like. Um, Yeah, and then there are, just to remind you, if you didn't go there this morning, there are hot drinks in the cafe, so you can feel free to stop by the cafe um, before you come into this class and talk with people from other classes. We'll start um, between 9.10 and 9.15 each morning in here. All right, so I think that is all of those announcements. So we have two main purposes in this class. Um, And the first purpose is to study the book of Ephesians. So we want to um, understand um, the book of Ephesians when we leave here. But then secondly, um, as we have said to you, we want to equip you to study the word on your own. And so I said this at the brunch, but our heart is that we would not just um, be giving you information about what is in your Bible. We want to do that. We want to um, equip you with greater understanding um, about the Bible, but we also want to teach you how to read your Bible on your own outside of our times that we're meeting here. So whether that's in the summertime or if you end up not being at WBF for a season, uh, do you feel equipped um, to read God's word um, on your own? And so Uh, We want to clarify here that when we say on your own, we don't mean without the community of believers. What we mean is without the help of a published study or a structured Bible study time like WBF would be. So in this situation, you end up with a workbook or something to help you outside of the Bible. And that helps prompt questions for you to answer. But would would you feel comfortable or equipped to open God's Word and take a notebook and just try to dig in? Not that you have you come out with all of the answers and now you can write a book or anything like that. But do you feel equipped to, to read the Bible? And so that's what we want to do. And we want you to do that in community. Um, so we would, we would want you to be grabbing another sister to study with you or to be studying on your own and then talking with someone else that's studying something else on their own and be chatting about that. Um, we grow to learn from one another in that way. So the next question we would ask is, well, why is it important then to study our Bible? Why do we need um, to understand what is in God's word? So uh, this is the primary way that the Lord reveals himself to us. This is how he reveals um, who he is. And so a very common um, quote that we have used. Oh, sorry. I forgot. That will probably happen to me again. A quote that we use often is from Jen Wilkin, and it says, the heart cannot love what the mind does not know. So to truly love someone, we have to know them, right? And we want to have firsthand knowledge of them. (coughs) Um, We can see a a lot in today where somebody might, there's a lot of influencers today, right, because we have the Internet. And so someone might tell you that they love someone, like maybe Taylor Swift. She's super popular right now, right? And they might say, I love Taylor Swift. She's my homegirl. She totally gets me. She understands. Um, And so you're talking to that person. Are you really thinking as that person's explaining this love of Taylor Swift that they know Taylor Swift and it's actually their favorite person? No, right? If it was, you should be very concerned for your friend and you should intervene in her life, right? Um, but what is so cool is that the Lord doesn't desire to be an influencer in our lives at a distance, right? The Lord desires a very first hand relationship with us. And so, um, if the Bible then is the primary way that we grow to know the Lord, that this is how we get our firsthand knowledge of who he is. And what is really sweet about this is that if you actually got the opportunity to meet Taylor Swift and you got to know her, what you'd probably find out is she maybe was not as great as you thought she was, right? Because what we get of Taylor Swift is just this beautiful, perfect version that we see. Maybe not because of the tabloids. But um, you might get to know her and she, you know, she might knock down from this image that you have of her in your head. Um, and the same will be true of the Lord, that we have an image of him in our in our heads. And as we read the word, that image is going to shift and change. But the beauty of it is that I promise you the glory of who God is is greater than whatever image you have in your head, that you have... Um, gotten to on your own. And so as you read God's word, as you get to know him better, he will become more beautiful, more delightful to you, even in books like Deuteronomy, which might feel scary to you. And I know that I have felt this way in the past where it's like a book of the Old Testament. You're like, oh, I don't know. I'm going to have to deal with this hard stuff. And maybe the Lord, maybe there's something messy there. And he's he's not, I'm not going to be able to make that compatible with what I know about him. But even in these books, as we truly understand who God is and we have a right knowledge of him, he becomes more beautiful to us and we love him more. So we will be studying Deuteronomy in the spring. So there's a plug for you. Um, So. So we want you to grow in knowing the Lord um, and we want you to grow in your personal relationship with him. We want you to love him more as you read your word, as you read the word. But then secondly, we also want you to be equipped to make disciples. This is our call as believers in the church. This is what Jesus has, has left us to do. And so if we want to make disciples of Jesus Christ, not disciples of us, we have to know, we have to know the Lord in order to point others to the Lord. And we have to encourage them to be reading God's word. And so um, we want to be continuing to grow in our knowledge of him. And then we want to be continuing to to pass that on to others. And so I'm not saying that when you leave this class, you need to be able to come up here and teach the class. But is there, uh, are there other believers in your life, whether that is um, children or whether that is friends that are a little bit behind you in their understanding of who God is? And how can you continue to be um, walking alongside them and encouraging them um, as they grow so in this class, we are going to, we're gonna do a lot of slowing down and asking questions. So I've said this many times before too, but um, I think it's good to ponder and keep reminding ourselves. This is the internet age, right? And it's vastly different than our world was for many other ages. And one of the biggest things is that we no longer have to wonder about anything, right? Any question you have can be answered. If you can figure out how to phrase it correctly in Google, she can give you the answer, Siri can, right? And you can have the answer to that question right at your fingertips. Well, what, is this, what does this do to us? It makes us not have to sit into any kind of discomfort of not knowing something. You used to have to like go ask multiple people a question to find the right answer or read multiple books or never get your answer to your question. Um, and what happens in that process when you slow down and you ask questions and you ponder them is the answers then stick into you so much more deeply because you have thought about them and you have wrestled through with them. How many th- have you looked up on the internet this week alone that you totally forgot about right and someone might ask you the same question and you'd have to be like i gotta google that again because i don't remember the answer because it's just such a quick fix it's a quick fix to our answers and so we want to we want to slow down in order um, to learn better and be better students of god's word so that's what we're going to be doing in this class We're also going to be asking the Spirit to guide us as we walk through the text. Um, We are going to be teaching a very systematic approach. Um, In a little bit, I'm going to go through that. But we do not want to forget that... um, the spirit is who enlightens all of these truths for us, right? And so we cannot, I can teach you the most wonderful system in the world, and it's just going to be head knowledge. It's a spirit that um, takes that to our hearts, transforms our affections and our loves, and then helps us to obey. And so we want to ask the spirit to open our eyes for a correct understanding of God as we read his word, and, um, and then also to just change our hearts as well as we're moving through this. And so... Um, I hope we can uh, we'll continue to try to encourage you in this as well as we go through the semester. But I want to encourage you that before you open your Bibles, we have a prayer prompt on there. It's a liturgical prayer. So a liturgical prayer um, just is a prayer that is written out for you. So if you didn't grow up in, in liturgy, what it means is you literally just you just read the prayer, right? Um, some people love this because you wake up in the morning like, I'm tired and groggy and I can't even think about what I want to pray. And then you can just pray that and, and the Lord can um, soften your heart in that way. Um, But if you're like, I don't understand this liturgical prayer, it feels weird to me, that's fine. You can pray on your own. (laughs) Don't feel like you're, you're bound to that. But do pray. Do pray even a simple prayer of, Lord, help me understand. Um, It reorients our hearts and our minds uh, to know that uh, we need the Lord as we study God's word, like Casey said. Um, We cannot do this on our own. And so I encourage you to make that a practice of being the very first step that you take in in whatever time of day you're going to be studying the word. So the Bible um, is a gift, and it reveals the heart of God. It reveals his character, like I said earlier. And so our primary goal when we come to the text um, is we want to ask the question, um, who is the Lord revealing himself to be? We want to seek him first in our understanding. And so rather than ask, what does this mean? What do I do with this? We first want to say, Lord, who are you revealing yourself to me to be? And so that is the primary goal um, as we come to Scripture. Um, and so we, we want to have that knowledge, we want to grow our correct understanding, but then we don't want that, here I missed my thing again, so knowledge is the first step. We want to know the Lord more, we want to understand who He is, we want to have a correct knowledge of Him uh, through His Word, but then we don't want it to just stop there. We want our knowledge then to move to affection or love for the Lord, right? And so we ask the Spirit to change um, our heart and our affections, and as we ponder, just the beauty of who he is, um, we grow to love him more. And then um, as we grow to love him more, the spirit transforms our hearts so that we can walk in obedience. Um, So the spirit does this work of transformation that we love the Lord and so we delight to please him in what we do and we desire to obey him. Um, It's not our works do not save us, but rather they are an outpouring of uh, love for the Lord um, that we do in obedience back to him. Another thing that I want to encourage you in is that knowing the Lord um, and growing in holiness, it takes time. I don't know about you. But I really wish the Lord would speed my journey up and I could be further along in this because I would really like to be perfect. (laughs) I would really like to have all of this down. I would like to look like Jesus now. Um, And there's a part of that that's good, right? You know, I should desire to look more like Christ. But there's another part of that that I just want to be like the perfect person, the perfect savior. I want to be Christ rather than look to him. And so um, I want to encourage you that I don't always understand why, but often the Lord delights to do this work of making us holy. Sanctification means to be made holy. He delights to do this work over uh, years and decades rather than days or months or weeks like we might like. Um, So just lean into that process. Um, and as you are at your tables and you're sitting with another sister that, um, maybe further along in that journey and you look at her and you're like, I want to be where you are. I want to have the knowledge and understanding of scripture that you have, or I want to love the Lord the way that I see you love the Lord. Um, Don't let yourself get caught in a comparison trap, but rather take that to the Lord and say, Lord, I see you in this woman and I desire to be there. Will you help to move me? And then um, patiently lean into that process and know that He has promised He will do this work in you, right? He is moving us from one degree of glory to another. He has promised that if He has saved us, He will sanctify us. We will grow in holiness and we will grow to look more like the Lord. But I know I often need this reminder um, because of that desire I have to be further along um, to um, yeah not get caught in comparison, but ask him for help in this and um, wait wait patiently on him. All right, so next is the part where we switch into some of the details of this inductive study method. So the term inductive, It means using specific observations to form a general conclusion. What does that mean? Um, Well, it's when you take a bunch of details and you look at all this information that you have, and out of looking at all these details and information, you then form a conclusion of something that is true. So rather than deductive reasoning, which would be the opposite of inductive, deductive reasoning would take... A conclusion or something I think to be true, and then I would find details to support that statement. So for instance, you might say, I know that the Lord is faithful. I'm gonna start with this conclusion that God is faithful. This is deductive reasoning, not what we're going to be learning about. So you start with this idea of God is faithful, and then I'm gonna work my way through scripture, and I'm gonna find information that supports that statement um, and backs that up. Okay, so this would be more of like a topical type of study. The class right next to us um, is doing identity theft. They're looking at our identity in Christ, all the things that are true um, for us as believers in Christ. They are going to be taking scripture and finding it, working through the Bible to find support to those statements. This is a fine way to study scripture. There is nothing wrong with it. Um, It is not what we're going to be doing in this class, but I'm explaining it to you so you can better understand what we will be doing. So in this class, we are going to open a, a book of the Bible, and we aren't going to come at it um, already knowing what we want to get out of it. Rather, we're going to read it, and we're going to ask the Lord to help us form um, a better understanding of what he means um, in this text that we're reading. And what this does is it's going to help us um, see beyond the general things we already know about the Lord, right? So the the Lord is uh, immense. We can never come to the end of knowing Him. And so this type of study gives us the opportunity to strip away those thoughts we already come to the text with, even the good ones, and first ask the Lord, what what do you want to show me here in your word about who you are? And so that's what we're going to do um, with this approach. So this is a tool for digesting scripture. Um, It is, like I said, only one way to do it. Um, And there's nothing wrong with other ways, but this is just the one we've chosen. It's not new to us. Um, This type of study has been around for a long time. You'll find, I'm going to give you words that go with this. You'll find other people that use different words that mean the same thing. Um, It's been used throughout the church uh, for many years. Big C Church, not just LEFC. So this is also the format we use to write our large group studies. So hopefully if you've taken the spring study, so like if you took Matthew this past semester or you took one of our Exodus studies, you've seen this format already in your workbook and you've been doing it without even knowing it. So it's just that we've already given you the questions and now we're gonna teach you how to ask the questions for yourself. So hopefully if you've taken that class, that will aid you in better understanding this as we're going through it. So if you go to page four in your workbook, we are going to talk through these different pieces here. The first one, is actually not on that page now that I'm looking at it, but it's background, and the reason it's not on that page is because we're gonna give you this information. Uh, All the rest of the parts of this process are gonna be repeated each time. Background, you're only gonna do once. You're only gonna look up the background of a book um, one time, but then you're gonna continue to reference it throughout the study, so it's an important step. That's why we have it on here, because we don't want you to forget it, but it's not, it's not one that you're going to do every time. So we will give that you that information up front in this class. and then at the very end of the class, we will teach you how to look that information up yourself so that you could um, find that on your own. It's not hard. So background, this is all of um, this is all of the information um, about, the book that was written so uh, scripture is written at a specific point in time by a specific author to a specific audience the spirit inspires the word of god but there is a context in which the book was written and that will help us to better understand um the word um and make better applications
1: Lindsay, actually page three actually does have background and stuff so if you want to go to page three that might there we go yeah that page three gives you more the general and then four and five are more the defining the terms specifically for each you're the best (laughs)
0: Um, all right. So the next step is observation. So this is when we're going to ask the question, um, what is said? Some people also call this comprehension. Do I understand what is actually being said? I mean, the Bible was written a long time ago. It's very difficult to read through a piece of scripture right away and then just completely understand it, right? We need time to sit and think about like, what is this guy saying to kind of bridge some of those gaps, um, with, um, Yeah, depending on the translation that you're using, it might not be written in smooth type of English, right? So you have to think through it a little bit. Um, so, So we want to reorganize the information that's given. This is kind of the easiest and hardest step all at the same time. So if you've done one of our workbooks, these are like the very like fill in the blank, the answers right in the text questions that we ask you. So when you have those questions in front of you, super easy to ask. The problem is, like I said, we're bad asking... Why well, I didn't say this before. We're bad at asking questions. So what happens is um, as a child, as a small child, you ask all the questions in the world. What does this mean? Why is this? What, what, what? Right? If you have little kids around you, it can get obnoxious. But the older we get, the more self-conscious we get that, ooh, this question may be dumb, or people might already know this, I might sound stupid, so we stop asking questions. So this is a muscle you may need to train in yourself too, um, is how to ask questions of the text. Don't feel dumb for not knowing what questions to ask. Um, that's very common, So, and it's something we'll, we'll keep challenging each other in and growing in. So, what is said? The next is interpretation. What does this mean? So um, like I said, this is um, what does it mean for the original hearer in the original context? So to figure out what something means, we're we're going to take the observations that we've seen of what is being said in the text, and then we may take some of that background information I talked about and kind of try to understand what is the author trying to say to this original audience. We also um, will cross-reference it with other parts of scripture to better understand um, what the author means. So that is the interpretation step. Sometimes we might not answer all of our questions, which can be hard for some people to. Uh, but sometimes we might just leave it hanging and later the Lord may reveal it to us or in glory he will, I'm sure. Alright, so the last step then is application. We want to then get to the part of what do i do with this information that i have right scripture um, is profitable for training uh, correction rebuking right we want to use scripture in our daily lives and so what does what do i what do i do with this who is god and who am i in light of god so those are the questions we want to be asking when we look at application we first may want to ask the question what does this mean as a believer in 2023? What does this mean for the church today? How do we apply this information in the context that we find ourselves in? Um, So that oftentimes will be the first step. And then the second step is, what is the Lord telling me, right? It is just mind-boggling that the Lord is so providential in our lives, right? He Um, works in each one of us so um, uniquely and specifically, it's astounding. So oftentimes you may find um, that what you're reading in scripture lines up with where you're at. But then there may be other times where it doesn't really line up with where you're at, right? And you're reading through um, a genealogy and you're like, I don't I don't really know how to get this over to me right now, Lord. But you might be storing away information for another time. You might be growing your understanding of who God is. And this might just be one part of that that is going to continue to build. Um, And then there's other times where I find that the Lord has taught me something in one season. And then in another season later, he's brought that back into my life on a more... um, uh, like a first-hand personal knowledge or understanding, right? Like he's he's um, brought out that faith in me that's worked out in my daily life. If that makes sense. Um, so that's that's application, and that is the end of our process. We'll get into more of these things, and we'll keep talking about them. So if you're at all lost, don't worry. We'll we'll get more into. It. Good.
1: Yep. Gonna give you switch over <laughs> again. You doing a little bit of both of us. Um. All right, so I'm going to kind of piggyback off of what Lindsay was talking about with general things about studying the Bible, and then we're going to break into tables and do a little bit more discussion, and then we're going to just page through the workbook and make sure we're feeling comfortable and familiar with what we will be doing. So that'll be our next couple steps here. All right, so um, I'm going to talk a little bit about what it means to be intentional when it comes to studying God's Word. Um, So first of all, what does it mean to be intentional? This is a real question I want to answer. What does it mean to be intentional? You have a purpose on uh, why you were reading the scripture uh, or this book. Sure. Great. So purpose. There's a purpose. Anything else? I think
0: there's a certain amount of effort and... and uh, I was going to say intentional. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> effort and, yeah, like focus and just like drivenness towards this is what I want
1: to do and I'm going to be doing it. Yes, excellent. And this can be for anything. It doesn't have to just be studying the Bible. We're going to talk about what it means to be intentional when studying the word. Um, But yeah, so the dictionary, dictionary definition is to be deliberate or done on purpose. So um, when I think of being intentional or deliberate or done on purpose, when it comes to studying scripture and being in the word, um, I think of just really physically and mentally showing up, right? Being present and, and like um, you just said, putting, putting in the work, right? It does take effort and it does take time. Um, but I truly believe and have seen that the reward is so sweet. When you spend the time, when you give the effort, um, the amount that the Lord can show you is just, it's just awesome. Um, the, the ability to study God's word, God's word is also like a muscle. Um, Lindsay referred to a muscle here just a second ago. Uh, the more that you exercise it, the better it's going to become. It's the stronger it's going to be, but we have to spend time doing it in order to, to build that muscle. Um, so when it comes to being intentional about being in the word, I think of three words, more than that, but here, these three are ones that we're going to talk about. Um, it takes sacrifice, discipline, and grace. We're going to talk about each one of these in just briefly. Um, So sometimes being in the Word, it it does take sacrifice, right? There are other things or distractions that that might occur, and I'm sure we can all think of them very quickly. Um, But it is important to be able to and to train yourself to try to put those things aside to spend time in the Bible. Uh, We're going to actually talk about what some of those distractions might be for you at your tables here in a little bit. but when we are busy and tired, our earthly automatic response is usually to go elsewhere, to to rest, to sleep, to, I don't know, fill your mind with other things. Um, so we, like I said, we have to train ourselves to put those things aside and really dive in. We don't want to wait for ideal circumstances or a free schedule to be in the word, because let's be honest, I don't know who has that. <laughs> I think everybody here probably has, you know, it has busyness at times in different seasons. Um, So instead, we really might need to sacrifice some things like social media, or TV, or sleep, Sometimes I'm not saying to stay up all night, but maybe there is times getting up early or getting to bed a little later. Um, we are in our culture has like me time. Um, I've probably heard that before. So and sometimes though we put that stuff aside um, to really sit down and to be in the Word. Um, but again, I promise you, you're not going to regret that. I don't know. If there's ever been a time that I look back and like, oh, I wish I'd be doing some. I could be doing something else right now <laughs> instead of being in the Word. So um, yeah, yeah. I promise you won't regret it. It really is the best way that we that we can use our time. Um, so being intentional really does sometimes take, take sacrifice. And then also, it also takes discipline. The idea of just kind of pushing through when it's not easy, almost like a work aspect at times. Um, we want this to be something that is desirable, but there are times in your life that it, it may not feel that way. I'm going to get to that in a second. Um, but then we need to have discipline to do it anyway. Um, and also coming up with a plan for yourself is, is helpful, um I know some people might be more flexible than I am, but i like <laughs> I like to have a plan about what I'm doing, and then I'll make sure that I that I actually do it um, and this may look different for everybody, and it really is okay um that's something I struggle with for a long time because I am not a morning person. Almost everybody in my, in my life is. If I can find a night person here, I'll be really excited. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Yeah, faith, okay, faith. <laughs> oh yeah, yes, perfect. Um, the majority of my friends get up at like 6 a.m. and want to do stuff. I'm like, I can't do that. I'll be here at like 10 p.m. But anyway, so I was like, oh, I can't study in the morning. It just does not work for me to get up at 6 a.m. and study. Maybe it does for Lindsay. She actually will be up the early and stay up late. So all the things. Yeah. If, there's people if, there's people. And, if there's people involved, she will be there. Um, and so again, just find what works What works for you. Um, and for me, like I said, maybe it's not going to be right away in the morning. Um, I actually sometimes will study after, if I have a day that I'm home and the, after the kids go to school, I will do my study then. Or even sometimes at night, um, I know some people crash and burn at night, but I tend to actually become alive. So sometimes after they go to bed is when I, is when I do that. Um, so again, find what works for you and then commit to that. And maybe if you have small kids at home, you might need to break it up into smaller chunks. I think sometimes that we have this idea of how we have to study and we don't need that, then we just don't do anything. And so find, again, if, if you don't have a lot of time, if you don't have a big chunk because you have little ones running all over the place, maybe it is breaking up into smaller chunks. Um, I have a friend who studies the Bible while her kids are playing in the next room. That would have been a little harder for me and my personality, but that's what works for her. Um or if you have a quiet home, maybe your your kids are out of the home, maybe you don't have any children and that's okay too, but find what works, maybe going outside um might be good for you. Again, I don't know, but everybody will be different. It's just important either way to find a way um to be present with the Lord. Um and again I will guarantee as Lindsay also was talking about, this will lead to a transformed life. Um I know that I have said before, and I'm guilty of thinking this, that this is just too hard in this season. I don't know if you've heard that or thought that anyone is along with me. Um, But I really think it's important and I want to encourage you no matter what season you're in to try to fight that mindset because God wants us to seek him and be with him no matter what season uh, we are in. I took a class here at the um, women's retreat. Julie Sterling taught it. I don't else took it. It was amazing. It was called Rooted in Seasons a couple years ago. And she was a great reminder talking about being rooted in Christ um, in, in every season, in all seasons of our lives. Um, and so some seasons are going to be more difficult to do this, and that's for sure. But it is, that's when it's most important to try to stay disciplined. Find a community like Lindsay talked about. Find some friends that can come alongside of you to help hold you accountable. Um, Julie shared this in her session that I want to just pass on to you. That has really stuck with me since I have taken that class a couple years ago. Um, and it's it's this cycle here, and it, it you can kind of also kind of piggybacks off of what Lindsay was talking about. But when we study God's word, it's going to lead us to know God more. Okay, and when we know God more, we are going to love Him more because of His character, because of who He is. Like Lindsay said, we will it will grow our love for Him. And when we love Him more it's going to increase our desire to spend time with him. Because when you love somebody, you want to be with that person, right? So when we love him more, we're going to have that desire to be with him. When we have the desire, it helps then to lead us to study the word more. So one thing I want to point out with this, with this um, chart here is the desire and studying God's word are kind of unequal, unequal parts of this circle, as like, kind of like 10 and 2, right? There's a reason why, Julie explained this when she showed this, that desire is not right at the top. Because, sisters, it's not always going to start with a desire. It's just, in reality, we want that. But there may be seasons, there may be times in our life that maybe that desire doesn't feel quite, you know, maybe it's a little harder to come by. But then we we study anyway. That's where discipline comes in. So even if that desire is not there, we can still study in in those seasons. And when we study, it's going to start that cycle again. And then that desire will increase which then again, in turn, will increase our, our study and our desire and our time in the Word. Um, but I thought it was a cool cool way to think about that because I always thought, well, if I don't have, I always prayed for that desire, and I still do. Um, but there are just there are times that, again, we we can just be disciplined, and even if the desire is not like there every day, um, still jump into the Word, still put the time in, and then that cycle. And
0: we might go and through like go. long seasons of that yeah. too,
1: like. Yeah, weeks
0: or months where we just lack that desire. Like, um, mm-hmm. yeah, trusting the Lord will, will grow
1: that in us. Yeah, excellent. So, yeah, so it does take discipline at times. So then the last one I will just, I'm going to actually go back to here. Um, the last thing I want to just mention here is being in the Word also is impacted by grace. Um, this is where it's important to understand that we are probably going to mess up. There are times we probably will fail. There are times we probably will not. In the world as much as we want to. Distractions might limit our time. Um, but at this point, we actually need to show ourselves grace and get back up, as well as lean on the grace of Jesus, right? He wants us to be with Him. He wants us, the Lord wants us to turn to Him in our weaknesses, um, in our failures, and His grace is, is definitely going to be enough. Um, and also, with this grace, I want to explain how this also applies to us here at WBF. Um, we want you to come each week, and even if you did not get your homework done that week, We don't need you to stay away. right? We want you to come whether you have your homework done or not. Um, We do know that life happens. Things do get in the way sometimes. Um, So please still come, even if you don't get your homework done. we are going to show grace for each other in that way here. Um, and I do want to mention, of course, we, we want you to do the work, right? We want you to do the homework. We want you to be in the Word. Um, but I, again, we are going to have grace for that. If you don't get something done, if you don't get it all done, if you don't get a whole week's worth done, please still come. Um, and we can still grow with each other, um, with our sisters here. Um, but again, the more we can put into it, the more you are going to see in your own life, the more you will get, get out of that. So, being intentional about being the word does take sacrifice, discipline, and grace. And then, what then is the result of studying scripture? Right? What is the result of all this hard work? Um, there are a lot of things, but I think of kind of three things. If I really lean into my time with the Lord, I'm going to expect three things: one, an increased knowledge and love for our Savior; two, personal growth, right? That application part. And the real lasting heart and life change. So the more time you spend with him, your heart will change. And that is going to change how you live your life. Um, It's going to change how you interact with other people and hopefully bring them them alongside. Um, Lindsay said earlier, in all of this, spending time in prayer is super important. Um, We want you to be intentionally in the word, be intentional about that. And we also want you to be intentional about being in prayer as well. Um, and she talked about how there are prayer prompts in the uh, workbook, um, and you can pray those, or just if you have your own prayer, that's fine. But really, every time that you sit down to be in the Word, we should really be beginning that praying for the Spirit to, to work and to move um, to help you understand and kind of reveal the real treasures that we can find in Scripture. Um, all right, so thinking about this idea of intentionality and being in God's Word, we're going to go back to your, our tables here for a little bit. And um, I am going to encourage you to just as open as you can be. I want to be. Feel free. You don't have to run not making anybody share. You don't have to. Um, but just reflect on your personal journey of studying the Bible with your people at your table. What has worked for you? Maybe what are some ways that? What are some things that you found? Um, some patterns that you can have in your own life. What has worked for you? And then what difficulties or distractions have you encountered? And we all have them. Um, don't feel like you're the only one in the room because I guarantee you are not. Um, but sometimes even hearing someone else say uh, something that they struggle or maybe like something like a distraction they have and you're like, oh, I'm not the only one. <laughs> and that just helps you to realize we are all fallen people and we are all going to have struggles. And um, but we also have sisters that can come alongside of us and we can do this all together. So so what has work for you and what is what is um, maybe a difficulty or distraction that you that you've encountered? And then second, just quickly talk about um, how you would like to grow this semester. What is a specific thing that you would like to see um, increase or change in your own life when it comes to studying the Bible? Um, if we don't know where we're headed, sometimes we don't know what we want to be working, not that we're trying to work, but we want to try to be moving obviously towards, like she said, knowing God more, being like Christ and all these things. And so what are we, what are you trying to specifically, how would you like to grow this semester? Does that make sense? So the the questions are all up there to refer back to, so you guys can go ahead and talk at your tables about these couple things.
0: (laughs) All right, ladies, we are going
1: to turn your attention back up here. (laughs) Sorry that I'm having to interrupt discussion. I hate that, because I could talk forever. So as a table, I like that part. Um, We promise we will... I don't know if I can say promise, but we will try our best to have more time at the tables. We will be having more time at the tables moving forward because um, it's, it's great to interact in that way. Today's just the day we have to muscle through a lot of details. So um, what I'm gonna do now is go, I'm gonna kind of page through the workbook. So if you wanna go kind of head there and, and go with me so I can explain what, what all is in here. Um, on the first, we're going to actually start, oh, way back to page one, I promise I won't take each page of the whole workbook, we would be here until, you know, the weekend, but um, on page one, you'll see just a table of contents there, so it has each week with the date. Um, the stuff in the middle, you'll see, like, introduction today, next week says blank page, then questions and words. That is going to be, each week when we come in, we are going to give, like, a teaching tip. If you will, um, a part of the inductive study that study we tip. study tip, yeah. So we'll we'll show we'll talk through what it means. The blank page is a little bit more like an introduction to what we're doing, and but beyond that, it'll be part of the first couple are the parts of observation. Then we'll talk a little bit more about some of the parts of interpretation, and then end up with application there towards the end. So we will just spend about 10 minutes or so in the beginning of each class actually teaching how to study teaching a tip or giving a tip on um, part of the inductive study and then you'll actually be using all of these each week so they may become in your in your homework this first couple weeks when we didn't quite get to lists yet or grammar um, you're like I don't know exactly what you're asking me we do have little um, headings to kind of give you an idea but we will you will become more familiar as we go so each week we will give you um, yeah. study tip Um, and then beside that then will be which passage you're reading each week okay so for next week you're going to actually be looking at week two Um, so we will be you'll this week you will do your homework on Ephesians 1 1 to 14 I'm going to work through that in a second Um, and then that's what we will be talking about and discussing here in class next week does that make sense All right, then we have uh, page three. Lindsay already talked about the inductive study method. That just gives an overview of what that is. Um, If you turn then to page four and five, that is um, defining each of the things that are under those different parts of the inductive study. So under observation, what do we mean by repeated words? What do we mean by grammatical elements, lists? So this is a great place to refer back to if you're in your homework and it's asking you to come up with repeated words or a list, um, and you're like, I don't know exactly what I'm looking for here, you can refer back to these pages a lot as we go. Um, Again, we are gonna be teaching these things, but if you need a reminder from week to week, you can refer back to page four and five. All right, then on page six, you'll see a list of attributes of God. there are many more than this, but this is a, this is a great list uh, to get you started. So each week, we're gonna have you looking for, um, every, every time we study, as Lynn said earlier, we really should be looking for characters of, of God. Who is he? Who is he telling us he is? How are we seeing his character in the story? Um, and so here's a long list. If you're like, oh, I, I have this idea, but I can't think of the word, it might be on here. So it's a good place to refer back to for all the different attributes of who God is. All right, and then you will find, Page 8 will be the background information. Lindsay's going to go over that here in just a second. We're going to fill all that out together today. And then you'll see a a notes page as she referred to earlier. Let me have some pretty flowers. (laughs) All right. So then we're going to get into where you see where it says week 2. Under there has Ephesians 1 to 1, 1 to 14. So if you could turn over to page 12 here. um, I want to encourage you not to skip this page. This seems like a little and some people are like, oh, I can just like, let's just start start my homework. Um, But it is important, as we said, to make sure you are starting your time each week in prayer. So there is a prayer prompt there. If you want to pray that, um, you're welcome to. If you want to pray your own prayer, totally fine. And then each week we are going to encourage you to read the whole passage. We're not actually going to have you and make you, unless you really want to. It's it's a, is it a good? It is a good thing to do, but we're not going to make you read the whole book of Ephesians every week. Um, but if you're an overachiever, it's it's, it's a good we thing to do. We used to do that. We used to do if you that have more time. Like literally, if
0: you're just in a season of life where you have more time, yeah. reading the book in its entirety, like over and over again as you're studying into the details, is really
1: helpful. So I know we're all at different places. So just feel the freedom in in that, yeah. Yeah. So either the whole book, if you can, or if um, if that's too much, that's totally fine. Um, But we would ask you to at least read the entire passage for that week. We are going to be breaking up this passage even smaller. This is going to be, if you... Yeah, this is going to be... We're kind of taking little steps all the way through, but it's really cool the amount of stuff that you can see and the richness you can get out of it when you slow down. There are times that we speed up, but in this study, in this semester, we are slowing down. So we were talking about... um, There only are 14 verses in our entire week to study. So... But we're going to dive in. We're going to dive in deep. So um, we do encourage you to read that whole passage for... uh, At one sitting. Um, And as you read that, you can use your... Did we talk about scripture journals? Are we haven't yet. Is that later? Well, no, it's not in our list. Okay. We didn't plan it. All right. But I'll we talk, can about, talk okay. about it. Okay. So <laughs> um, you can, as you read that passage, look for um, the attributes of God that we had just, that we listed here on this paper, or you can come up with your own. Um, you can do this right in your Bible. We had given everybody, if you did not get one, make yeah, sure so you see should, us. You should have this. Um, yeah, so that is... I think we'll talk more about that actually next week too. But just so you know, this is for you guys to... The reason we have these and the reason we like to use these is there is space. Are you crazy? you're crazy. Oh, you're crazy. <laughs> Excuse me. She can hardly handle this. I can hardly handle this. <laughs> she can't even hold this. I can't even hold this up. We are, I love her, but we are totally different in our styles of organization. Um, this gives me anxiety. and like, But she's like, I can't follow your straight foot. Um, anyway... <laughs> So as you can see, Lindsay's very good at using the blank page over here to to write down notes. So if that's your style, that's great. You can take notes in the blank side. You You can literally, like I, at this point, and if
0: you've taken this class before and you like this, you don't have to use this workbook. This might give some of you anxiety. But like I literally would just study everything in that little scripture journal um, and make notes in there. I might write a few other things in a separate journal that I have as well. But feel free to, to do either one. We'll talk more about that, like Casey yeah, said, week. next week. But if you want to write like all your repeated words in your scripture journal, if you want to... Rather than write them out, if you just want to highlight those repeated words, you can do that. You don't need to write them all out. Um, So have some flexibility, flexibility with that as well.
1: Yeah. Um, so yeah, but these are, these are great though for people that don't want to mark your Bible up or write in your Bible. Some people don't like doing that, but this is meant for that. So uh, feel free to take notes in there. Like I said, we will talk more about that next week. Um, but as you read through the whole passage, just look generally for uh, descriptions of, of God. What are some attributes you are seeing? All right, so that is looking at the entire passage for the week. And then each week, we have it broken down into sections. Um, So if you turn to page 13, um, you'll see for for this week's homework, you'll have section one is just Ephesians 1, 1 to 6. And what you'll do is just kind of work down through those six verses. Um, Again, looking at first, well, first, there's another prayer prompt, actually. So if you do your whole reading in one day and you do this another time, make sure you, again, starting with prayer. Um, And then you'll work through the questions in the workbook. So we will, again, we're going to explain each of these each week, um, but If you, the first couple weeks, again, it may not seem super super familiar or comfortable, but as we go and as you work with the other ladies at your table, uh, this will become kind of easier as we go. So there is an observation, interpretation, and application questions for each section. Can I
0: jump in here? Yes, please do. Um, So another thing, too, if you, like, I hate grammar. I'm having to help my daughter with grammar, and I'm horrible at it. And like I'm like I literally don't know which ones an adverb. So um, if you like get to like some of these sections, like for me grammar would be the one. Where, like I I do not know what to do there. Please feel free to leave it blank. Yes. It is. Oh, I just want to give you that permission. We do not like if you come back here and there's a lot of sections that are blank. It's okay. Like, and hopefully you'll continue to build on that. So just don't feel overwhelmed by it.
1: Yeah, exactly. And like we said, we will be teaching these each time. So maybe after the third or fourth week, then it might seem a bit more familiar to you. Um, so yeah. So that's the observation At, under interpretation. Each section we um, have actual. So we'll talk about what it means to look up words to have definitions. We have words there for you to define the first several weeks. We also have questions under the interpretation section that will help guide our discussion when we come back together. You are, feel free to ask more questions and answer your own questions. We'll talk a lot more about that coming up. Um, But to start, there are some questions there under interpretation um, and application. You'll see some questions that go along with that that section for that, that week. Um, so the first week's homework has three sections, just so you are kind of can prepare yourself. We don't break it down by day. You can choose how you do that. If you want to do multiple sections in one day, if you want to do one section per day, however it works in your schedule. But just know that there are three sections. Um, there are some weeks where it's just two, but the first couple weeks it is three sections. Um, anything else to go?
0: I mean, the one other part that is often a sticking point is this main point here. It's at the very end of, it's at the end of interpretation. It might be right above your application.
1: I'm um, so looking say, on the first week or the first 15. section. It's on page 15. Thank you.
0: So I would just say that um, if you if you don't know what we mean here by main point, again, feel free to leave it blank. What we're what we're looking for um, is kind of wrapping up these, if you look back over these interpretation questions that we asked you here, step back a little bit and and what is the overarching main idea that Paul is trying to get across to the Ephesians. So... Um, that can be something um, really simple, like um, we are united in Christ. And then your supporting points might be all the things that we have received in Christ. So, something like that. Does that kind of make sense? Um, what we're looking for there? And again, we'll go over that more.
1: And then, um, really quick, I just want to point out one more thing for each each week. If you could turn to page 22. Um, this I wait to get there. Sorry. This is also a section that we don't want you to skip, and it does get skipped. <laughs> and that, it, we do that because we're like, oh, we're done with the homework, and then there's like, oh, there's a whole like review day. Um, it's not. It's not a whole review day. It's more just looking back at all the three sections that you had your whole passage of that week, and it's making some connections. And this is really important um, in studying. If we just read little bits and bits and bits. To put it back together to a whole is really important. Um, so we're gonna ask you there to look at your main points from each section that week and see if they connect. Can you find a way to, to connect them? Again, we are gonna work through this heavily each week. We're gonna actually do this kind of page together. So we will, if this is not familiar at first, that's totally fine. So the first part of that is to look how do your main points connect. And then we're gonna look at some timeless truths. Um, this is something that we have been putting in, it's been in a lot of the workbooks um, in the spring. You would have seen them there too. Um, so just look at what is true of God then and now. Like, he is the same God then, now, and forever, right? So where, what are some characteristics we're seeing in the passage, and then how is, how is he the same today? Um, and also you can look at who are we in spite of him and in spite of what he has done, and who are we, who were they, the people then, and who, how humani- humanity is still the same today. Right? We are still fallen people. We still struggle uh, with some of the same things. We um, want to do things our way. You can see that all throughout scripture, right? So um, just look for a timeless truth, and what is? you can look through it as you're reading, and then, and then what we're asking you to do here is just what, is, what stood out to you in that? Like what is the timeless truth that really stood out to you that week? What is most prominent? And then taking that, what impacted you the most? And then you're going to just answer these couple application questions. So It's pretty general, um, but I do encourage you not to skip it. And we will we will talk more about it each. All right, that was a quick fly through, um, but each each week of homework then is gonna look similar. Um, it'll, we'll talk about this next week, but it is gonna get less and less stuff, and so hopefully we're teaching how to do it by the end. Uh, there won't be a lot there, but don't get scared. Um, we will have an awesome discussion. There won't be as many questions for you to answer. You'll actually be coming up with some of these questions on your phone. Um, all right, I'm gonna throw it back over to Lindsay. She's gonna quickly give you some background information, and then we're gonna wrap this up. Sorry, that was not a minute. No, we're just going to have to. All right. I can even, if it's even 50, I can write that yeah, right.
0: All right, yeah. so um, I said earlier, right, um, the Bible is written by a specific author to a specific people. So that's what we're going to look at now. You can go to page eight in your workbook to put this information down. Um. We call this reading the envelope. So Ephesians is a letter. You can write that down for genre or style. Ephesians is a letter. And so this is not how they would have received letters back then, but if we use this analogy, if you were to get a letter, um, the first thing you'd actually do before you would even read your letter is you would look at the envelope. You would see who sent you this letter, um, who the letter is for in your family, and then you might think about My relationship with this person and you might be really excited to open the letter or you might be really scared because it's a bill Um, or you might think about the occasion um, that might be coming up like what what's going on right now that they might be sending this Um, is there a funeral or is there a baby being born, that they might be inviting me to a baby shower. So we think about all of these things when we receive a letter. And so that's what we're doing. We're looking into the relationship between Paul um, and the Ephesians. I'm going to give you all the answers right now. So who wrote it? Paul. Paul wrote the book of Ephesians. We see that right in the first two um, verses of Ephesians. It's written there. Um, Liberal scholars will debate that some, but it's, yeah, Uh, we, it's really, yeah, Not worth debating. Um, So then, when was it written? It was written in 60 to 62 AD. This would be during Paul's imprisonment. You could read about that in Acts 28 list, Paul's imprisonment. He would have written the book of Colossians as well during this time. He wrote many letters while he was in prison.
1: You have each of those
0: on this Oh, thank you, friend. So sorry. (laughs) All right. And then to whom was it written? It's written to um, the church in Ephesus. Um, so the church in Ephesus actually would not have been one body, but rather it would have been many small churches that would have met in various homes throughout um, the city. And so this, this letter would have been circulated around to those various churches. And then um, Ephesus was a very large city in Asia Minor. And so it would have been circulated to other churches throughout Asia Minor as well. So it was meant to be kind of passed along as it went too. Um, Ephesus um, is the capital of the Roman Empire in Asia Minor. So Rome at the time would have conquered many other lands. Um, Asia Minor is a large area that they would have conquered. And so Ephesus is the capital that they made of that area. It was incredibly influential in the spread of the gospel because it was a port city. So you had a lot of trade going in and out of Ephesus. And uh, because of that, you had a lot of people coming in and out. It was a very diverse city. And actually, the temple to the goddess Diana or Artemis, Diana would be um, the Roman name for this goddess, and Artemis would be the Greek name for this goddess. And this temple was one of the seven wonders of the world, of the ancient world. So um, this would have been a very... um, Big stopping point for people um, that were journeying um, through the area. Um, so if you, we actually have more information that we do than we do about a lot of um, places um, that Paul wrote to, because if you look in Acts 18 and 19, and I would encourage you to read this because I don't know that I'm going to get to much of it this morning. Um, you can read kind of the story between Paul and the Ephesians, kind of the history of what is there. It would, (laughs) she asked me if she should do this for me, and I (laughs) should have just told her yes. Um, I was like, no, I want to do it. Um, Anyways, so. So to just kind of give you a little bit of background on uh, the city of Ephesus, it was very religiously pluralistic. So I told you that um, there is this temple to the goddess Artemis, the goddess Artemis, but um, the Ephesian people would have been fine with many gods. She was just like the most powerful god, Um, but you would be welcome to add in more gods to your pantheon of gods. And so when Paul comes preaching of a new god, it's not a big deal, right? Just add add them to the plate and it's it's totally fine. Um, So many gods were worshipped. Also magic and the occult and spiritualism were very big. So um, they very much believed in the spiritual realm and in the power that, that is there. And so a lot of these things were practiced. This is going to be important for you to remember as we go through the book of Ephesians because we're going to talk a lot about the spiritual realm. Paul spent two years um, in Ephesus, and um, this would have been about 52 to 55 AD, so it's about 8 to 10 years before this letter is written is when he would have been there. Uh, it is believed he preached from about 11 to 4 there every day and we know from Acts 19 that um, Luke writes that all of the Jews and the Greeks living in Asia Minor at the time heard the word of the Lord which is amazing right so um, what he's trying to say here is that this message was just going out um, to all the people so really um, sweet time as we see the gospel moving so um, there is a lot of stories that kind of go on here. We have the Seven Sons of Skiva, where people try to invoke the name of Jesus. Um, they burn magical books to try to, to show that um, it is Christ alone, rather than these magical powers that they would have held on onto um, before. So a, a lot is being affected by the gospel, right? Because these are true believers, and so they're learning what it means to separate themselves from the practices that they grew up in. And so you see a lot of that happening in Acts 19. And we get all the way to um, Demetrius, who's one of the silversmiths at the time, and he makes idol idols of this goddess Artemis and it's his living. It's it's a huge deal, right? This is this one of the seven wonders of the world. And so he gets a bunch of his silversmiths together and he's like, I'm worried about this because this is affecting their economy. So you can, again, see how the gospel is really moving forward in this. And so what happens is they end up um, basically starting a riot and Paul has to leave Ephesus very quickly. And so he leaves these people. So they probably didn't really get to say goodbye to him too. So keep that in mind as you're reading um, this as well. So that's kind of what's going on in there. These people are really counting the cost of what it means to follow Jesus, right, and how it affects their daily lives. So some of the themes that we see throughout here is that these people need to know that Christ is supreme. It would have been very hard for them to abandon a lot of these other spiritual practices because there is a very real power that is there. And so they're needing to to walk away from that um, in order to surrender their lives fully to Christ. The next is um, union with Christ. So his our union with him in his death, burial, and resurrection. We are united with him. We see a lot of that um, listed here. And then the mystery of the church revealed. Um, So, Uh, Ephesians is one of the primary places where we can see what it means for this mystery of the church to be revealed. um, Yeah, to God's people and to everyone, to the heavenly realms everywhere. So that is kind of a flyover. Hopefully you got all of those. Sorry, I went pretty fast. Um, But like I said, if you want to go back and read Acts 18 and 19 before you start reading um, this week, uh, you would definitely benefit from that. So I'm gonna let Casey close us in prayer and we are excited to dig into
1: this book with you ladies this semester. And I also wanted to mention, if you have any questions along the way, please ask. We um, would love to help. There's also other ladies in the room that have done these kind of classes, so please feel free to ask each other. Um, We would, yeah, we'd love to come alongside you. So if something in the workbook doesn't make sense or you're just not quite understanding one of the concepts that we're talking about, uh, please ask and we would love to come alongside you. All right, let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for um, your word. We thank you for the freedom to study it. Uh, we thank you for the availability of Bibles and that we can um, dig in. Lord, we thank you that you love us in a way that you want us to be close to you and you offer us a way to do that um, through your word. And so we pray uh, for this class. Lord, would you would you watch over it? Would you be present with us for your spirit to move um, in each, each lady in the class? Uh, here and um, Lord would you give us that um, intentional spirit inside of us to to also to spend time with you uh, would you give us we, we pray for open schedules so we can uh, spend time with you and we can study hard uh, Lord we pray that we would um, see you above all else in, in your word uh, that we would learn who you are and um, that will impact how we see you how we how we love you and how we live our lives Uh, So, again, I just pray a blessing over this study this semester, uh, over each lady here. Um, I just pray that our understanding um, and our knowledge and affection would grow uh, for you through reading Ephesians. And, Lord, would you you reveal to us what you want us to see um, and help us to keep our eyes fixed on you. And it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.